Please put your hands together for evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth. Now come on and put your hands together for Jesus, who alone is worthy to be praised. As you're seated, tell three people something good is going to happen to you. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of choices determine destinies. As you get older, and by the way, I'm a, I'm a grandparent. I have two little granddaughters. Somebody said, what's with the beard this year? I said, that's my grandpa beard. I, I weren't for that. And uh, I was holding my little granddaughter uh, some time ago, and she was getting ready for bed. And I said, uh, can I just hold her for a little bit before you put her to bed? And she crawled up in my arms, and I was just tickling her forehead and running my fingers through her hair. And, and uh, she reciprocated. She reached up, and my beard was a little longer at the time. And she was running her fingers through my beard, and she said, Grandpa, when you were just a little baby, I used to hold you in my arms. And I used to braid your beard. <laughs> the passage in Deuteronomy 30, these are the words of Moses. Moses is about at the end of life and leadership. He knows by the leading of Almighty God that he's about to pass the baton on to a young man that he's mentored whose name was Joshua. Joshua has his own book in the Bible. But he gathers all of the people, and when I say all of the people, all of the Israelites, all of the tribal leaders, all of the officers, all of the judges, all of the men, all of the women, all of the children, and all of the babies. And then he also gives orders, all of the people that work for you, all of the foreigners, all must be gathered. Now, you may read that in the study of this text and say, well, you know, he just wanted to speak to everybody. No, there's something divine there in the order of God. Moses knew as he's about to talk to the people concerning choices that your family, your friends, and who you work with have great impact on who you become as a person. Your family, your friends, the people you work with, the people who work for you, the people who you work for, all have an impact upon what you become as a person. And parents, I want to really encourage you. The most important skill that you can impart into your children is the ability to look at any situation and determine what's positive and what's negative and reject what's negative and receive what's positive. Uh, the Brackens are friends of mine, Pastor Daniel and I and his wife. We've known each other for more than a decade. I think we've ministered here at this church and I turned to Pastor's wife and uh, I said, I've watched your daughter go from a girl to a young woman. And she said with tears in her eyes, she's about to leave in four weeks. And I, I turned to uh, Hannah and I said, where are you headed? She said, I'm headed to Evangel for, for Bible college and for preparation. And, and uh, I said, well, I said, just one word of advice. Be careful of the friends you make when you get there. 
because I serve on a board of directors at a Bible college and have for almost 25 plus years. And even in Bible college, there's losers. Even in Bible college, there's backsliders. Even in Bible college, there's compromisers. And so this is the wisdom of Moses at the end of life. He brings all of life. Now I want you to get this. And again, I'm going to be brief, but I want your full attention while I'm speaking. Because some of you that are listening to me, where you spend eternity is going to be determined by a choice you're going to make in the next handful of minutes. You say, what? I said, where you spend eternity depends upon a choice. People say, I can't believe a God of love would ever send anybody to hell. Well, you're right. He doesn't. If you know your Bible, you'll know that the Scripture says that God doesn't send anybody to hell. If you go to hell, it'll not be because of God's choice. It'll be because of your choice. Because God already made his choice about your eternity. In 2 Peter 3 and 9, he said, I'm willing that none should perish but all should come to repentance. God said, I've already made my choice. He said, I don't want anyone to perish. One of the great joys as an evangelist and as a missionary traveling the world, I've held crusades in over 50 countries of the world in 38 years, is no matter where I go, no matter what the country, no matter what the culture, no matter what the language, whether it's a small village up in Alaska or 70,000 people that I've preached to in a stadium, no matter where I'm at, I have the peace of knowing there's not one single person listening to me that God doesn't love and it's God's will for them to be saved. I never have to look at an audience and scratch my beard and say I wonder how many people here God wants to be saved. The Bible said in 2 Peter 3 9 God said I'm willing that none should perish. That word perish in the original Greek manuscript means to face judgment for unrepented sin. Face judgment for unrepented sin. When you stand before God in eternity's morning, Pastor mentioned a family this morning, and I've heard it in two services, and it still is heavy on my heart. But you know, everybody has an expiration date. When I go to a store and buy a, a carton of milk or some product, there's usually an expiration date stamped on the package, and you can see the lifespan of what you're buying. Well, all of us today have an expiration date, but it's invisible. I don't know when it is. I can't tell you whether you're going to live to be 100 or 150. I don't know. But I do know this. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto people once to die and after that the judgment. Death is not the end of your life. When you go to a funeral and the body is in the casket and the family is mourning and tears are being wiped and hearts are heavy, just remind yourself that's not the end. The funeral is not a period at the end of the sentence of your life. It is a comma between life temporary and life eternal. And you need to make a choice. Moses said, listen, this command I am giving you today is not too difficult to understand or to perform. 
It's not up in heaven so distant that you must ask who will go to heaven and bring it down so we can hear and obey it. It is not beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey it. This message is very close at hand and it is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. Now listen, today I am giving you a choice. Moses, as the patriarch and the spiritual father, says, Today I'm giving you a choice between prosperity and disaster, between life and death. Notice that in the biblical divine chain of command, Moses tells us prosperity is a choice, but so is disaster. People don't accidentally prosper. They prosper because of certain decisions that have been made properly. People don't end up in a life of dysfunction and disaster accidentally. They got there through a series of violating choices to the truth of God. Then he goes on to say, I have commanded you today to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, laws, and regulations by walking in his ways. Pause here. This is a sermon in of itself, but don't miss it. You can have this one for free. What is this book in my head? It's a holy Bible. Three things everybody can do, and you can teach this to your children and your grandchildren. If you will make these choices, you will prosper. Learn it, love it, live it. The three L's of the guaranteed blessing of God in life. If you'll make a choice to love the Bible, to learn the Bible, and to live the Bible, you will always walk in the favor and in the forgiveness of God. Learn it. Say, well, I'm not a good student. I didn't do well in school. I don't read well. I have good news for you. When you give your heart to Christ by faith and turn from sin and turn to the Lord, your IQ will begin to increase because God created your mind. God created your intellect. And the Bible says in the book of James, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And let them ask in faith believing, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like the wind of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. Let not that person think they'll receive anything from the Lord. When you come to Christ by faith, everything begins to flourish. The Bible said he is a God of blessing and a God of flourishing. And flourishing is greater than blessing. When you come to Christ in faith, there is a seed of flourishing that God releases in the heart of a man and a woman and a boy and a girl the prophet Jeremiah said I'll take a heart of stone out of you and I'll put a heart of flesh in you John said when he wrote the gospel if any man or woman or boy or girl comes to Jesus Christ they become a brand new creature old things pass away all things become new and John said he'll give to you the power to become the sons and the daughters of God well, what does that mean? Good news, don't miss it. You don't give up sin to come to Christ. All the religious people are about to stone me, but hold on. 
A lot of people don't come to Christ because of this misconception. They think for me to be a Christian, I've got to give up my sin. I've got to change my life. You've got it backwards. You don't give up your sin to come to Christ. You have to come to Christ with your sin. And He gives you the power to become the sons and the daughters of God. You've got to come to the altar and pray in humility with your sin, with your addiction, with your dysfunction. I don't can't tell you how many thousands of people through the years I've met who have said, Tiff, I know what you said is true. I know I need to change my life. I know I'm messed up. I know there's a bunch of stuff i got to get right with God. And I just want you to know you've encouraged me. I'm going to get my act together and one day I'm going to come to God. I always look them straight in the eyes and say, you're never going to make it. You're going to hell. What? Did God give you a word? And I said, no, but you can't straighten out your life. You didn't straighten it out before you heard me. You're not going to straighten it out after you hear me. You don't straighten out your life and come to Christ. You come to Christ and He'll straighten out your life. You don't give up your sin and come to Christ. You come to Christ and He breaks the curse of sin and sets you free and gives you power to be what He created you to be. It's a choice. The number one reason young people's lives are messed up. Number one reason bad choices of friends the Bible said in 1st Corinthians 15 bad company corrupts good character there are only two kinds of choices with people there's only two kinds of people in your life people that charge your battery and people that drain your battery and you need to be wise enough no matter what your age you're not too old to change I know some grandmas that are hanging around bad grandmas It's not just the kids that make poor choices. But you need to identify the people. Listen, you need to identify the people in the sp sphere of influence in your life. Take an account of the sphere of influence in your life. And ask yourself, who are the people that are in my circle? Who are the people that are in my life? And are they charging my battery or draining my battery? And the people that are draining your battery have to be put on probation of limited time. If you don't do this, you will surely fail. You have to be wise enough to get over that nurturing feeling that you're going to heal everybody. Dysfunctional people don't heal dysfunctional people. You've got to be smart enough to know that in life you don't pet rattlesnakes and you don't put talcum powder on skunks and if you don't learn that you're in trouble you've got to learn by the help of God to say God who in my life is the rattlesnake who in my life is the skunk who in my life is constantly draining my battery who's always complaining who's always gossiping who always has a bad outlook who always has got aches and pains who always is talking about this negatively and you've got to learn to take those people and say God I'm gonna make a choice I'm not gonna disparage those people I'm gonna love them I'm gonna pray with them from time to time I may be used of the Lord to try to impact their life but God I can't make anybody healthy if I'm not healthy myself and start surrounding yourself with godly people Surrounding yourself with people who have strengths that'll help your weaknesses. And Moses said, 
If you'll make that choice, it will affect you and your descendants. Don't miss this. Your entire family is impacted by a choice to serve the Lord. Isn't it time somebody in your family broke the curse of sin? Isn't it time somebody in your family broke the curse of poverty? Isn't it time somebody in your family broke the curse of dysfunction? Isn't it time somebody in your family broke the curse of abuse? Isn't it time somebody in your family broke the curse of divorce? Isn't it time somebody in your family said like Joshua did in his book? He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, Joshua was in that crowd when they gathered all of the Israelites together. Joshua was in that crowd looking up at the great leader of Moses. And he heard Moses say, if you'll make right choices, this blessing will be upon you and your descendants. Joshua became the next appointed leader after Moses. Joshua chapter 1, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now rise up, Joshua. Joshua became the leader. Later in his life, Joshua gave the same speech. Where do you think he learned that wisdom? Where do you think he learned the stability of life? Where do you think the blessing that rested upon Joshua and his family came from? Where do you think Joshua learned to say, as for me and my house, will serve the Lord? Right. Young people, will you listen to me as I give the invitation? I love you this morning. I don't feel like an old man, but when I come to churches and I see the pastor's kids getting ready to go to college, and it seems like I remember them when they were just little, I realize I've earned every gray hair in that beard. But let me tell you something, young people. This preacher loves you. But I can't make this choice for you. But please, understand that your decision to serve the Lord will not only impact your life. Your younger brother or your younger sister will follow you to heaven or they'll follow you to hell. The path you choose, the friends you choose, the habits you choose... It's a destiny of choice. And you say, well, I, you know, it's my choice. It doesn't affect me. Your younger brother or your younger sister will get in your path and get into your footsteps. And you're either going to lead your younger brother or sister to heaven or you're going to lead them to hell. Please listen to Moses. Listen to Joshua. And listen to this old preacher. Make a choice to serve the Lord as early as is possible. Thank you for ever brought me a hanky. And do it today. I want you to stand to your feet with me, please. Probably the short, shortest sermon I've preached in 2017. Thank you for your patience this morning. It was a busy morning. Many important things were done. How many of you know the entire day belongs to the Lord? But we want to be mindful of you and your families. We love you. But what I'm about to do is the most important thing we've done all morning. So please don't miss this. Can I ask you one last question? Do you have a clear, distinct memory of a time in your life when you've gotten down on bended knees in the presence of a holy God? and said, God, I know I'm a sinner, but I want to make a right choice today. 
So today I admit my sin. You know, God, everything I've ever done. I believe in Jesus Christ that he died on a cross for sinners. And today I commit my heart to him by faith. Some people call that a sinner's prayer. And I'd like to pray a prayer just like that with you today. I'm going to ask you to make a choice. Have you ever made that choice personally and publicly? Personally, no one can make it for you. Your mom can't make it for you. Your dad can't make it for you. I love the letters that come into my office where parents say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Our son came to Christ in your meeting or our daughter came to Christ in your meeting. There's no greater joy than leading men and women and boys and girls to Jesus Christ. Today's your day to do it personally. Publicly, Jesus said in Luke 12, if you confess me publicly before men, I'll confess you publicly before my Father. But listen to what else he added to that. He said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father and the angels. Straight English, what you do with Jesus today is a choice that determines what he does with you in eternity. When you stand before God, and all of us one day will, Bible says if you publicly received him here he said I'll publicly receive you there but he also said if you were ashamed of me here you were stand before God and Jesus said you'll force me to be ashamed of you there why because of choices some of you that are going to pray the sinner's prayer with me it's the first time maybe you've ever done it maybe you've just been attending this great church for a week or a month or a season but you've just been watching, taking it in. You've not made your own commitment yet. Today's your day to make your commitment. Maybe you're a guest and this is the first time you're here. And this is all new. So man, I don't go to church. And I've never been to a church like this. But you're here by divine appointment. You're not here by accident. God brought you here today by divine appointment. Because as of this day, you'll never be able to stand before God in eternity's morning and say, no one ever loved me enough to say they'd pray for me. No one ever told me how to get right with God. Because today I have. And before pastor comes and closes this service, I want to pray that simple prayer with you. I always ask those that have the courage to be the very first ones to come. Whether you're making a first-time commitment or you're backslidden away from God and need to make a choice to come back home. I always ask, if you have that strength and courage, when they begin to sing this worship song in just a moment, will you be the first to come? Your courage will help somebody else. And Christian, I'm going to ask you what I ask every night of my life. If you have someone with you, on your left, on your right, if you're not sure, if they've ever made their own personal and public commitment, not arrogantly, not aggressively, but just kindly, will you have the courage to turn to them and say, hey, I'll walk with you. We're going to pray that simple prayer together. And pastor's going to come before we're dismissed. I'm going to kneel down and pray that God will give you the courage and the strength and humility to do what you need to do as they sing the song of invitation. And then we'll pray. You come.
families that are here. If there are any others that need to come, just come. Come running as quickly as you can. If you're older, come slowly and carefully. I had a man give his heart to Christ recently, 94 years old. Was baptized in water. The pastor sent me a picture of his baptism and then a few weeks later sent me a picture of his funeral. Just before he slipped into eternity, he gave his heart to Christ, 94 years old. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me, no matter who you are, just at this altar. Say, Heavenly Father, today in your house, as I listen to the Bible, you were speaking to me. Down deep in my heart, I want to be a real Christian. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of your holiness. And that includes me. Today I repent of my sin. In childlike faith, I turn my back on sin and turn my heart to Jesus. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Be my Lord and Savior. I receive salvation as the gift of God. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, today I'm saved, delivered, and healed. Thank you, Father. Amen and amen. Pastor.